Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am your host and founder, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Bobby Carlton, and here is a bit about Bobby. She is the founder of Carlton PR and Marketing, Innovation Nights and Innovation Women, or as she calls them, the day job, the night job, and the dream job. Carlton is an entertaining, tell-it-like-it-is speaker who speaks extensively and passionately about public speaking and how it can be the driving force behind career growth and business success. She's a TEDx speaker, an entertaining startup event host. She's spoken at the United Nations, and she's been on the main stage for some of the world's best-known conferences for technical and professional women. Carlton has been featured on CBS News, in the Wall Street Journal, Boston Globe, USA Today, and other major media. She was previously the head of global PR at two different enterprise software companies and the head of marketing for a brand devoted to providing positive role models for preteen girls. She's inspired thousands of technical entrepreneurial and executive women to take control of their own speaking Oh, sorry, y'all, careers and has worked with event managers to deliver diverse and inclusive events. So, man, she is a woman on fire. And without further ado, please welcome Bobby Carlton to GEMS Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to see you. My pleasure, Bobby. Oh, I got a little choked up reading your bio. I was like, man, <laughs> she, <laughs> she said it all. My voice I'm like, is who is that? <laughs> So Bobby, um, before we dive into um, today's topic, which is public speaking, and you're going to, of course, cover various areas of that, I want you to tell us a fun and interesting fact about yourself. Oh, my goodness. There are so many fun and interesting facts. So I'm a mom, two boys, and uh, even though I am 5'10", I am by far the shortest person in my house. So little frightening around here (laughs) so it's like you have to look up to your boys (laughs) I do (laughs) oh man so um I kind of want to know this question it's off um the beaten path but what is the minions poster behind you what drives Ah, that so I have a little minions theme going because I usually tell people you know the day job the night job the dream job well the night job is mass innovation nights m i n and so with those initials we called everybody who worked for the company minions and so that meant that i started getting all kinds of minion paraphernalia and at one point i went and rode the minion mayhem ride at universal studios and i bought the t-shirt that says Minions wanted long hours, low pay, really cool toys. And while I was on a kayak trip, I met an executive from Universal Studios who said, I know that t-shirt. 
And I've never seen that t-shirt outside the park before. So I had to tell him the whole story about minions and my connection. And he sent me that poster behind me. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. So that's a little dive into public speaking because you have to be bold to put something like that on a shirt plus wear it. And then, you know, it was almost like an icebreaker because that executive Who would have thought that he would have connected with you based on, hey, I know that shirt. I know that t-shirt. Yes. And, you know, I, at first I was like, this man is looking at me oddly. (laughs) Like, I'm not creeped out by it at all. What is his problem? Oh, he's happy to see me in this (laughs) t-shirt. Amazing. So when you think about public speaking, do you encourage people to start with the icebreaker um, in the beginning? Because some people can get very tense. They start sweating like buckets and they're like um, stammering, stuttering and all of this. And I'm like, and you've heard some people just say, imagine your audience in their underwear. And I'm like, I don't want to imagine my audience in underwear. (laughs) So I'm agreeing with you. I don't want to imagine my audience in their underwear either. So I actually take a little bit of a step back and I talk to people about the different kinds of opportunities for public speaking. I think a lot of people think about public speaking as the lone speaker on stage by themselves in front of a huge audience. And the reality is there are so many fantastic opportunities for public speaking that don't involve being alone on a stage. Like, for example, you could be part of a roundtable or a panel. You could be a co-presenter or an MC or a moderator, or you could just stand up in the audience. You know, when you've gone to see another speaker, they're finished with their presentation and they say, are there any questions? And sometimes there's crickets and the speaker on stage is just dying oh no nobody was interested enough in my presentation to ask a question but if you're in the audience and you're thinking about getting started with public speaking a question from the audience is a great way to start because it gets you that experience of public speaking in kind of a non-threatening way you're speaking to the exact same audience that the speaker just talked to. You get to stand up, you get to tell people who you are, maybe your company name, give a little context, and then you ask a question. It's like, bam, you were just a public speaker. Like, no sweat, no problem. It's a terrific way to get started. Wow. And I would not have thought about that, but that is so true because they do turn the lights on you depending on where you are. Whenever they ask a question, like they said, oh, look, we're going to take the microphone over to this man or woman. Or um, if you're in an arena, the spotlight turns on you so people know who is asking the question. Or sometimes you'll even see the camera crew pan over there. And before you know it, (laughs) yes, you're like, that was me. I wasn't on stage, but I was in the audience asking. And, 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 and so important. You just made a friend of the speaker. The speaker is like, yes, somebody asked a question. And often it's that first question that kind of kicks things off. 
You know, it's like one person asks a question, then another one does, and then another one does. You're really starting a conversation. And that is so much better than the speaker standing up there going, anyone, anyone? Hello, hello. Bueller, Bueller. Bueller. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So So do that a few times and you've got some experience under your belt and maybe the first time you're on stage, not quite so intimidating. Wow. So true. So Bobby, think about, I want you to um, think about when you first started public speaking, where did you start and what was it like for you? Because I want to talk about Bobby back then to where Bobby is now. (laughs) Oh, um, so, I mean, I've done some small bits of public speaking professionally, you know, being on panels, um, doing some some presentations inside companies, outside companies. And the reality is when I started Innovation Nights 13 years ago, I never thought about it as being my own platform for public speaking. You know, we were doing a monthly event. I founded the event and it meant that every single month I had to stand on a stage and be the entertaining MC. And those first few events, okay, maybe more than just a few, I was awful. Like the first night, it never really occurred to me until that night that, oh my God, I'm going to have to like present. I'm going to have to be the MC. And I sweated through my shirt. Thank God I was wearing a blazer over it. But this is a social media powered event. Like everybody had their smartphones out and taking pictures and like fabulous. My sweaty self was immortalized for the world to see. So I was not a comfortable speaker. I'm actually an introvert. And, you know, it means I'm very good at my job, which involves a lot of writing and research, but I'm not a very comfortable person on stage. So over the months that followed, I got more comfortable. I started saying, all right, this is not going to change. I'm going to have to keep doing this if this whole business is to succeed. So I started kind of giving myself time to go to school. I would watch other speakers. I would think about how they were doing things, both good and bad, and as much as possible, incorporating those lessons into what I was doing. Um, You know, a few years ago was our 100th Mass Innovation Night event. And one of my cousins came to attend the event. You know, it's like, oh, you've been doing these events for so many years. Maybe it's time I showed up. And she sat down in the auditorium and the person next to her kind of leaned over and said, have you ever been to one of these before? And she's like, no. And the guy said to her, oh, wait till you see Bobby. She's like the, she's like the presenter. She does this whole thing. She's really funny. And my cousin's like, what? Like my cousin knows me. She's like, "Uh, she's not funny. (laughs) And evidently I got on stage and I was funny. Yes. Uh, And she's like, you are a different person when you are on stage. And I think it's just because I finally got comfortable with it. 
Wow. So you finally found your zone of genius and got in the groove of it. So while you were going through that and, you know, after going through various trials and errors where you were mortified, you felt embarrassed. Did you ever um, hire a coach to help you within the public speaking arena, Bobby? No, no, just um, educating yourself by watching videos or going to seminars. the funny part about this whole thing was as a head of global PR at a number of different companies, it was my job to train other people. And this was a bit of a case of do as I say, not as I do. I knew the right things to do. I had, I have a broadcasting degree. I went to school And a lot of the work that I did at school was centered around how I could teach other people. So I think part of it was just applying those lessons to myself. And I did find that, you know, the things that I've told people over the years, I have to kind of turn around, look in the mirror and tell myself, because you don't ever apply things to yourself the same way you apply them to other people. Mm, thank you for sharing that. And that is true because sometimes you could find yourself easy to um, be able to give out information, knowledge, and advice. And you're like, man, if only I would have took that same advice for myself, you know? <laughs> so Bobby, for anyone interested in getting into public speaking, what are some tips and tricks that you would like to share with them? Absolutely. So I mean, there are great organizations out there if you're interested in public speaking. Uh, A lot of people will point to Toastmasters, which is a fantastic organization. I also add on, look into your community and see if there is um, an adult education program perhaps around improv or maybe a local improv group. Because improv is great training for public speaking. It gives you the right attitude and it also helps you feel comfortable with public speaking and that Q&A portion at the end. You know, you feel a little empowered by improv. And I also think it's a heck of a lot of fun. So why not? Uh, Definitely think, you know, how you can teach yourself more how you can get more practice. And a lot of the work that I do on Innovation Women, which is my speakers bureau or my speakers platform, is designed to help connect people who are interested in public speaking with speaking opportunities. I think a lot of people, they are focused on the act of public speaking and they forget that a key proportion a key portion of what it is you're doing with public speaking requires an audience. Like you can do all the public speaking training you want, but until you get yourself in front of an audience, you're really not doing it. So however you get that audience, whether you create an event yourself, like I did, or you find an event and connect with the event manager, it really does come down to that practice. And they say practice makes perfect. And so was your mission behind Mass Innovation Nights to gain practice? Or what was the mission with forming Mass Innovation Nights? 
Uh, Mass Innovations Nights started with an idea in 2008-2009 that social media could be used for marketing. Now, I know today it's like, well, duh. Uh, but back then, it was more of a toy. It was a kid thing. You know, the young people are doing that. I don't think people really seriously thought about it as a, a marketing tool. Um, I was coming out of working with a startup that had run out of money in 2008. And you know, that's when I started my own business. But at the time, I was so intrigued with social media. And the idea behind Innovation Nights was to give myself a place, a sandbox, if you will, to practice social media marketing, to get good at it without having to practice or experiment on a client. They frown on that. Just, you know, my theory. It's like, I don't think so. So you want to practice on yourself. So Innovation Nights was really designed around giving me the opportunity to practice social media marketing to build a name and get visibility for my business and to help the local community. It was really focused around connecting local entrepreneurs with their community to help them drive more visibility. Mm, thank you. And that quickly blew, blew up because now you had a, no, you have had a hundred nights so far, or has there been more? 137. Wow. So 137 nights now, um, you've gained some more insight into your business, drove some traffic over there as well as credibility. So as you're doing that, do you find like it's refining your public speaking craft each time you do it? Absolutely. You get more, more new experiences. Um, you also are being relentlessly recorded. So you get an opportunity to see all the things you did wrong. And I think you grow more comfortable with it. And, you know, like there are things that happen each time. Um, you know, I was doing one event where, the facility that we were working in had those like TEDx style microphones. And every time my hair hit the microphone, it would shut off the microphone. So the stage manager's direction to me would be, was basically stop flipping your hair. And I'm like, what? And I kept flipping my hair and he's like, all right, very funny. Uh, but the whole audience loved it. And I'm like, hi, I'm a hair flip girl. And it was like, and the stage manager I thought was going to kill me, but the audience was in hysterics. And it was, I think, so good of the audience to laugh together, to, you know, be happy together, to be relaxed. And it meant that they were more receptive to the startup pitches afterwards. I mean, I hate to say it, but some startup presentations can be pretty dry. So part of my job was to be the entertaining filler between these presentations, to keep things moving along, to make sure that everybody was having fun, they were learning things, they were paying attention, and to really make the, the evening move. So all of this work is super important. And, you know, seeing that 
it worked out so well when I'm entertaining and I'm funny is educational for me. So it meant that I kept kind of quickly shifting how I would speak. Um, I, I learned to do a lot more with modulation. I hate to say it, but traditionally my voice is pretty monotone. So it takes a little bit of work to get that woo, voice and the, the interesting turns of phrases and the things that grab people's attention. Yeah. And you know what you're doing? It's like you are keeping track of your progress over time, because as you begin to play back those videos that are taken of you, as you begin to step outside of your shell, especially with you being an introvert, whenever you go um, into public speaking, it's like you're releasing your extrovert side. So you're tapping into another part. And then also you're connecting with the audience whenever you feel like the audience can laugh because you're taking away that dryness. You're putting some personality in it, some color and some vibrance. And then they're connecting with you more because they resonated with something funny that you just said or did like, I'm here, flipper. <laughs> or whatever the case may be. So all of these um, examples that we've talked about so far, Bobby, from you doing MIN, Mass Innovation Night, to you learning um, different things as you go along in the public speaking and et cetera. Do you think all of that led you up to your TEDx speaking or how did that um, event come about? A lot of the things that I talk about with other people who are interested in public speaking is really focused around them building their own brand. So I started Innovation Nights. I started Innovation Women. I'm involved with the innovation community here in Boston. And one day I picked up the phone and a person on the other end invited me to speak at their TEDx. Why are you calling me? Well, our theme is innovation. Ah, so if you're in the Boston market and you know me and you know Innovation Nights and you know Innovation Women and you know the work that I do and you're putting together an event where the theme is innovation, you're probably going to get on the phone to me. That's part of the overall brand. Now, there's another side to this story, okay? The little hidden part of this story is that they called me, they went through all of this. They invited me to be a speaker. I was so excited. I'm like, of course, of course I will be there. Of course, this is the dream of any speaker to be invited to do a 10X. When is it? Tuesday. I'm like, you mean like three days from now? Yes. Uh, no, I said, no, I said, no. And I said, I will find you somebody else. Don't worry. I'm sure there's somebody else that could do this. And I did. I mean, I run a speaker's bureau. Of course, I could find other people that were ready to go on stage with three days notice to do the biggest speech of their lives. I came back with five names and they said, no, none of these people fit our theme. You fit our theme. And remember, you said you wouldn't let us down. So I ended up doing it. You know, it's not, I'm not embarrassed by the overall result. 
Um, yes, I look at it and see so many things I feel like I would have done better with a few more days practice. And oh, by the way, usually with TEDx, you get all kinds of great coaching and people help you workshop your idea. But in this particular case, I didn't have any of that. I just went out on stage and did it. And it wasn't awful. So it's a win in my book. It's a win for branding and it's a win for knowing your story well enough that you can do it, you know, on a, on a dime. That's great. And I'm sure from that TEDx speaking engagement, I'm sure it's opened other um, doors and opportunities, right, Bobby? Absolutely. Just the ability to say I did a TEDx, you know, for any speaker is a plus. It has a level of professionalism and there's a level of expectation that says, oh, we're getting somebody who has done a presentation of this caliber. So that I does, I do think it does open windows or open up doors for you. Windows do. Yeah. It can open both windows and doors. Everything could be flooding in from different directions. And as we wind down, because I want to be respectful of your time commitment, Bobby, I want you to leave our listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment. I mean, my big call to action for everybody, but particularly for women, is to say yes to public speaking. The goal here is to get you on stage and get you visible. This is our mission at Innovation Women. You can find out more at innovationwomen.com. We have a free newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter. We'll send you all kinds of information. And there is all kinds of free resources available on the website. And for those interesting in connecting with you on a social level, where do you hang out primarily on social media? I'm a little Twitter fiend, so I do like my Twitter. Uh, you can follow Innovation Women at Women Inno, I-N-N-O, or you can follow me on Twitter as Bobby C, B-O-B-B-I-E-C. Ah, nice. And all of your information will be in the show notes, Bobby. So listeners and viewers, there won't be no excuse for you not to connect with Bobby. Get your innovation up, get get your public speaking chips going, meaning that all you need to do is start by speaking, whether you start Zooming, whether you speak in a library, whether you speak at a school, up until you get to the big stages, just open your mouth and craft your speech. Because remember, there's only one you, one voice that is unique to yours, and your subject matter expertise can be what somebody else needs to hear. So YOLO, you only live once and you have nothing to lose. So until we chat next time, peace love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. And also for those of you feeling generous, we would love for you to help with the mission of Gems podcast, which is to educate, inspire, and motivate as we bridge the gap and connect the dots between diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging so you can become a brand sponsor and have your products and services heard right here on Gems, where we are ranked in the top 3% globally 
per www.listennotes.com. And when I say top 3% globally, I mean in comparison to all the numerous podcasts that are out right now. So until we chat next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.